All right. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Antioch Baptist Church. We are waiting on that live feed to come back up, but we're going to go ahead and get started. Who's ready to worship the Lord? Amen. Let's open up to Romans chapter 8, my favorite. One of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. This morning we're talking about a new way of life, amen? Life in the Spirit, part two, a new way of life. How many of you know when we come to the Word of God, it's not just about information, it's about transformation. Come on, somebody. Hello. Romans chapter 8, picking up in verse 10. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through His Spirit who lives in you. That's good news. So then, brothers, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. All those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children, and if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified with him. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we praise you and thank you, O God that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is going to empower this body, quicken this mortal body, and one day, on the day that you return, glorify this old dead bag of bones. So, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll start now. I pray that you will quicken us now. I pray that you will release healing now in Jesus' name. I pray that all the fruits of the Spirit would be so evident and overwhelming in our life that the world looks at us and they have to see Jesus. Holy Spirit, continue to change us and mold us into the image of Christ. Lord, we want to walk like you. We want to talk like you. We want to act like you. Lord, we want to think like you. And Lord, we want to obey you. Lord, we want every single part of our lives to be fully surrendered to you. So, Lord, here we are to worship. Here we are to lay down our lives. Spirit, lead us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. New way of life. We're picking up in Romans chapter 8. And last week we saw that because God has made us righteous. Come on now. 
Because he demonstrated his love for us by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. Because we have been buried with Christ and raised with Christ in baptism. Because sin's dominion has been broken off of us and because we have received a hope that does not disappoint us. And the Holy Spirit pours the love of the Father out into our hearts and we rejoice in affliction and we rejoice in hope and we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Therefore, there is now no condemnation that exists for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. I love Romans chapter 8. All the things that Paul has talked about up to this point, now he starts talking about how the Holy Spirit is working in and through the life of the believer. We live by a new law. The old law can't claim you. The old law can't control you. And come on, somebody, that old law don't condemn you. That's good news. That's a sermon within a sermon now. That's free. Now we live by the law of the spirit of life in Christ. And we have been given a new mind. Look at somebody and say, new mind. Pastor D, you know, Pastor DJ had to look at me on Monday. I just preached this on Sunday. Pastor DJ had to look at me on Monday and say, Pastor, new mind. We had a staff meeting. We got out in the parking lot and I started fussing. I started fuming. And he said, Pastor, new mind, new mind. Man, I'm so glad that I have those people in my life. Amen? Amen. We have a mind that is now set on the spirit, and that mind is life and peace. And we have new life because we have been brought to life. Now that we no longer live according to the flesh, and we are in the spirit because the spirit of God lives in us, we should have a new way of life. We can't live the way we did before we knew Jesus. We can't live the way we did before we were indwelled and filled and baptized by his Holy Spirit. We can't live the same way we lived when we were abandoned and separated from God. Now we have been adopted by God and we have got to live a new way. And that new way, FYI, is not your way. Come on, somebody. That new way isn't whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it. That new way is God's way. That's so nice. I just want to say it twice. Come on now. The new way of life described here in these verses is a life of righteousness that's led by the Spirit and loved by the Father. Oh, my gosh. Look at your neighbor and say, the Father loves you this morning. We have a new life in the spirit, and that results in a new way of living, a life of righteousness led by the spirit and loved by the Father. Point number one we see right in verse 10. It's a life of righteousness. He says, now if Christ is in you, is Christ in you? Have you been regenerated? Have you been born again? If you say yes, God's spirit lives in you, and that spirit is the representation of Christ in us. Paul said in another place that we have Christ in us, and that is the hope of glory. Amen. So we have a new life. It says the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. So Paul is drawing a contrast here between a life that is dominated by the sinful nature, a life that is dominated by the flesh, a life that is dominated and dictated by the world, and a life that is dominated by the Holy Spirit. Now, the life that is dominated by the sinful nature, he says, is death. Now, some of you say, but Pastor Dave, it may be death in the future, but it's fun right now. Oh, yes, sin sin seems good for a season, but in the end, it leads to death. 
In other words, it's fun until it's not. It's fun until it's not. Amen? Paul says here that the body is dead because of sin, meaning that this stinking bag of bones is one day going to give out, it's going to give up the ghost, and we are going to die. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if that same spirit, come on somebody, if the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, then just like Jesus' body was raised, when he comes back, your body will be raised. That is good news. Come on somebody, bodies are still being raised this morning. Amen. Amen. He's still bringing new life this morning. Amen. Amen. He wants to give some power to the weak this morning. I know it. He wants to call some more out of darkness into his marvelous light. He wants to take some of you from where you are and empower you and fill you and baptize you and set you loose in this world. So we have the righteous spirit of God in us. And we are righteous, declared righteous. We are in right standing with the Father because we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So can I tell you something this morning, church? Now it's time to live righteous. I got a few amens on that. Some of you, now it's time to live a life of righteousness. We are alive in Christ. We have to let the Spirit help us to live a righteous life. He says we are no longer obligated to the flesh. We are not obligated to fulfill our sinful desires and our sinful urges. And if we do, then we will die. And there is an emotional death, a spiritual death, a physical death, and an eternal death if you don't call on the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you, I don't care how good it feels in the moment. It ain't worth being separated from God for all eternity. He wants us to live a new way. He wants us to live a life of righteousness. So what do we have to do? We have to put the deeds of the body to death. Somebody say, kill it this morning. All you got to do is kill it. Now that seems easy enough, right? My granddad always used to say when there'd be a stray cat or an animal run out in the road or somebody was complaining about a pet, he'd always say, there's a 25 cent solution to that problem. You know what he meant? All you got to do, you tired of that old cat coming around? All you got to do is kill it. Now, my granddad was old school, and he didn't like cats. But we need to do that with the deeds of the flesh, with the deeds of the body, with our anger, with our lust, with our guilt, with our shame, with our depression. You have got to come to the altar, and you have to leave it here, and you have to let it die. That's what the altar is for. Do you know that? Do you know what the altar was for in the Old Testament? The altar was a place where the sacrifice was killed. The altar is a place where things die, where we put to death the deeds of the body so that we can live by the Spirit. We're not obligated to the flesh anymore. We don't have to do those things. We can tell ourselves no. I think this morning there may be some things in your life and in my life that need to die. I think there may be some old, fleshly, carnal, thinking, mindset, action that needs to die. You have to say, Pastor Dave, that sounds a little extreme. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, come on now. I mean, I deserve it. I work so hard all throughout the week, and I work, and I work, and all I want to do is just for a little while, I just want to enjoy this little bit of sin. It's going to come back and kill you. Every time, every time, every time. Some things in our life need to die. My pride needs to die. 
Legalistic religion needs to die. Lust needs to die. Anger needs to die. Selfishness, greed, wrath, gossip, guilt, cursing. It needs to die. Go on and just kill it this morning with the Spirit's help. And can I let you in on a little secret? Tomorrow, guess what? It's going to need to die again. (laughs) You're going to have to kill it again tomorrow. I'm telling you, Paul says this again in Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. It starts off with a therefore. Now hold on. You heard therefore. Something should say, okay, what does it say before? We we read it last week in Colossians chapter 3, where Paul says, set your mind on things above where Christ is because your life is hidden with Christ in God. Therefore. Put to death what belongs to your worldly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath comes on the disobedient, and you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now you must also put away all of the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices, and you have put on the new self, and you are being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of your creator. God's calling you to live a new way of life. God's calling you to a life of righteousness. God's calling us to put some things to death. And I do not care how many times the world, the devil, or your flesh tells you that you need it or that you need or that you deserve it. You have got to, got to, got to kill it. You've got to take it on back behind the old spiritual woodshed. And it stays when you come back to the house. Come on, somebody. We're keeping some things alive in our heart that put Jesus on the cross. And the Holy Spirit is saying it's time for that to die. The altar, the invitation, that's the time where we come and lay things at the feet of Jesus and we leave them here to die. That jealousy, that rage, that wrath, that slander, that gossip, that greed, all those things. Come lay them down and leave them. That church hurt, guess what? Needs to die. Man, why do they need to die, Pastor Dave? Doesn't anybody want to know? So that the Spirit's life can grow in you. What did John the Baptist say, John 3.30? He must increase and I must decrease. So if we want more of God, that means there's got to be less of us. And so the Spirit's power can come on us. And we can live the righteous life that Jesus is calling us to live. It comes back to that, to that old question that I used to ask a long, long time ago to those teenagers when I was a youth pastor. I tell my kids all the time, you know, when before dad got old, I used to be a youth pastor. I know how you teenagers think. And my kids are like, yeah, right, dad. You don't know nothing, dad. I know how you think. I tell Mike all the time when a pretty girl walks by, boy, don't you look twice. Don't you? That second look, come on, somebody. Hello? I I know what's going through that little mind of yours. And it isn't, oh, God, you made such beautiful creation. I love you so much. That's not what you're thinking. Do you want to be like Jesus? Do you want to live like Jesus? Or do you want to live like everybody else? Bottom line. Do you want to live like Jesus? What did Jesus say? Foxes have holes. Birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He should have lived in a palace. 
And he lived out on the countryside and in the mountainside and stayed in people's homes. Why? Because he was committed to do the work of the Father. He did nothing for himself while he was here. You want to live that way? Or do you want to live like everybody else? We need to embrace the new way of life that Jesus purchased on the cross, that the Father freely gives and that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us in. Amen? Point number two, we're led by the Spirit. Paul says very clearly that those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And he uses sons on purpose. Sons in that Greek word there is specifically sons, and it applies to all Christians. And you say, well, why would he say those that are led by the Spirit are God's sons? It's because of this reason. Only sons in ancient Rome could inherit. Only sons in ancient robe could inherit the estate, could inherit the property. And what God is telling us is we're led by the Spirit of God. That means that we have an inheritance in heaven. That means that every daughter and son of the king are fully vested in the kingdom and are an heir with God and a co-heir with Christ. You got an inheritance that the bank can't take from you, that the IRS cannot touch, and that nothing on this earth can decay in any kind of way. That's who you are. You're a child of God. If you're led by the Spirit, that's the proof. So we're no longer passion-led, lust-led, pride-led, ambition-led, anger-led, emotion-led, people-led, or money-led. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Who's leading you this morning? Let me put it in another, que- in another way. Who's your daddy this morning? Who's your daddy? Barclay says it this way. I love this. There is the life that is dominated by the spirit of God. Just as men and women live in the air, so they live in Christ, never separated from him. As they breathe in the air and the air fills them, so Christ fills them. They have no mind of their own. Christ is their mind. They have no desires of their own. The will of Christ is their only law. They are spirit controlled, Christ controlled, and God focused. The spirit-controlled life, the Christ-centered life, the God-focused life is daily coming nearer to heaven while you're still on earth. Let me ask you, what's leading you? You want to know what's leading you? Let me ask you this. What are you drawing closer to every single day? Because some of us are drawing closer to addiction every day. Some of us are drawing closer to divorce every single day because we are neglecting our spouse and we're not living the way God told us to live. Some of us are drawing closer to bankruptcy every day because even though you don't have the money for it, you still need it, and so you'll charge it and pay 25% interest on it and then wonder why you can't give to God's kingdom. This is where we're living. You're being led by something. You're drawing closer to something. What is it? You can come in here and sit in these comfortable chairs and smile and nod all you want, but the fruit of your life is telling us what you're led by. And the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. That means you got to walk in a new direction, in a new way of life, living righteously and following the Holy Spirit's guidance. Does that describe our life? Or are we still being dominated and directed by sin. Some of us will go halfway around the world or the country to fulfill our lust and entertain our and, and entertain ourselves, but we won't witness to the person next door. We'll spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on stuff that we don't need and we won't tithe. We will judge others. We will criticize others. 
We'll talk smack about others, and then we will acquit our own indulgence of sin. Oof. Man, preacher telling the truth, and it hurts a little bit this morning. Some of us will go out of our way. You will go out of your way to make sure a certain someone notices you, or a certain someone saw your story, or a certain someone got your snap, and you will ignore God until Sunday. And you wonder why. Your life's in shambles. You have no security. You have no hope. I'm here to tell you, your emotions are a terrible leader. Sin is a terrible leader. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. All those led by God's Spirit. The Greek here carries the idea, all of those continuously led by the Spirit. That means each and every single day. Come on now, some of y'all, you followed him in here. I want to know, are you going to follow him when you go out? You came to the right place this morning. You followed him here, but are you going to follow him when you leave here? Or are you going to go back to chasing sin? The Holy Spirit wants to daily lead us closer to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit wants to direct us through his word and with his presence. The Spirit testifies with our Spirit. Do you understand what that is? Do you have the peace of God resting in your soul? That means that you know that you know that you know that you know. That's how God wants to lead us. Are we daily surrendering to the Spirit's leading? Sometimes we don't know where to go. Sometimes we don't know if we should take a new job, if we should switch careers, what college we should go to, how to handle a situation. Should we pursue an investment? How to let, The Holy Spirit wants to help you. That, do you understand the Holy Spirit wants to lead you? That is why Jesus went back to the Father. And Jesus told his disciples, listen, guys, listen to me. It is better for you if I go. Why? Because the Father is going to send you another comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he wants to lead you. He wants to help you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you. He's the one who, the Holy Spirit is the one who comes alongside to strengthen, comfort, and carry us along God's narrow way. We follow the Spirit by staying in the Word and prayer and worship and in fellowship with other believers. His Word, prayer, worship, and this right here, and Sunday school right here, and strategic missions teams right here. That's how. Because can I tell you something this morning, and this is a praise report, God doesn't give Pastor Dave the whole story. Some of y'all are like, amen, we know. See, he, he gives me an idea, he gives me a vision, but then you know what? He confirms it through who? Confirms it through you. He confirms what he's saying through other believers who are also walking in his word and walking in his presence. That's why you have got to be connected to the body of Christ. That is why you need church. We need one another. God gives us confirmation to one another. God, Pastor Dave doesn't always see it. That's why I need the deacons and the elders and the members. I know this is going to surprise you sometimes, but sometimes Pastor Dave gets so excited about where God is leading us, he puts the cart in front of the horse. Shocking, right? Sometimes I get so excited about what God is doing, I just, you know, I say, this is it, this is it, and we go, 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 go. That's why I need Hans Carter and I need Donna Butler to do what she did this week, give me a call and say, hey, man, I think you may have jumped the gun just a little bit. That's why your car has a gas pedal and a brake pedal. Come on, somebody. If all you have is a gas pedal, you're going to miss your turn and you're going to crash and burn. If all you have is a brake pedal, you ain't going to go anywhere. 
And I don't know about you, but I like pedal to the metal 24-7 all the time. Holy Spirit was convicting me about that on the rolling road. I was speeding. Slow down. I don't want to slow down. I've been driving my whole, I'll go as fast as I want to slow down. Slow down, came around a blind curve, and guess what? There was somebody dead stopped right in the middle of the road. Holy Spirit's trying to help you. Here's the thing. Satan shouts. The Holy Spirit whispers. Hear me. Satan shouts. The Holy Spirit whispers. He has a still, smooth, calm voice that you've got to quiet yourself. You've got to come to his word. You have to meditate. The New Age and the Eastern religions have stolen the idea of meditation. You know where it started? It started right here. You need godly, biblical, spirit-led meditation where you are waiting and you're saying, Lord, apply your word to my heart, to my mind, and to my day. Lead me today. Are you asking God to lead you today? If you're not, maybe that's why you're so lost. Because you ain't asked him. I'm just going to figure this some I'm just going to figure it out. I'm just going to figure it out. It's going to be what it will be. Yeah, and it might be a disaster. I love that Donna Butler and Hans Carter called me on Thursday morning. Said, "Pastor, we love you. We we we're glad that you're excited, but remember we've got a big vision and I I think we need to step back and 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 take a breath and, and take a minute and and I even tried to get I even tried to get a little carnal with hand, with, with our elder hands. I, well, hands I don't know about. I, uh, and you know what? I love this brother right here because you know what he told me. He said, "David, it doesn't do us any good to sink into that kind of talk. Let's have a meeting and pray together and talk this through." Man, are, are, are you willing to submit to the leading of God's Spirit, even if it comes through a confrontation with another brother or sister? See, I didn't go out and do like many of us do and throw a pity party. I didn't get off the phone with Hans and Donna and go get on the phone with somebody else and say, I need you on my side. No, you know what I did? <laughs> I quieted myself. I didn't let my pride swell up and say, well, if this is the way it's going to be, and there's two things you can do about it, nothing and like it. And if you don't like it, there's the door. Does Jesus lead you like that? He don't lead me like that. That's the flesh. That's what I have to put to death, my pride. Put it to death. And you know why? Because as they were so lovingly and gently speaking to me, I could hear the Holy Spirit whispering, son, we're trying to help you. But it, gets, it just drives me nuts. I don't know about you. I've got teenage kids and all day, every day, they're walking around with these AirPods. In their head, all day, every day, always got these AirPods. I will be right behind my son. Hey, Micah, how was your day, buddy? And he's just bebopping and getting and scatting. And... Hey, Micah, needs you to take out the trash. He's just, you know. Hey, Micah, hey, you didn't clean your room or you didn't make your bed. Or, hey, we've got this thing for your mom. Or, hey, your mom. And he's just, I got to go behind the bus. Hey! You know what he said? This is what he does. He... What? Well, I've been talking to you, boy. It drives me nuts. I'm saying, you need to keep your ears open for my voice. When you hear my voice, every other voice needs to stop. Can I tell you something, brothers and sisters? Some of y'all have got the noise pollution of the world so loud. God has been right behind you saying, hey, son, hey, daughter, I love you. 
Hey, son. Hey, daughter. I need to guide you. Hey, hey, son. Hey, daughter. I want you to do this for me. And we just. The secrets of the Lord are with those who fear him, the Bible says. Some of y'all need to get alone with Jesus today. You know what? Scratch that. All of us need to get along with Jesus today. This altar call, we need to come down and we need to say, Lord, I'm, I'm here to kill it this morning. I'm sick and tired of being driven by this. I want to be led by you. I want to live a, right, a life of righteousness because I know you're trying to lead me and I know that you love me and I want to be vulnerable and transparent and heed your correction and realize, Lord, your ways are not my ways and I need you to show me where to go. Come on, church. That's why Jesus said so often, the one who has an ear, let him hear. Now, all of us got ears on this morning, but not all of us are hearing this morning. Do you know what I'm saying? All of you are sitting there staring at me. Some of you falling asleep. Some of you looking at your phone. Some of you laughing and smiling and giggling. But not all of us are hearing. We need to pray, Lord, let me hear you. Some of us are reading scripture verses and thinking, oh, this is so good for so-and-so, and God's trying to tell it to you. Come on. Let's let the Spirit lead us together. Let's listen to him. Let's work and walk together and follow him together and speak the truth in love together. Let us, let's be vulnerable and transparent. Even when he picks on my pet sin and challenges me to move outside of my comfort zone and he calls me to come a little farther and he calls me to come a little bit deeper. I mean, let's not just sing spirit leader. I mean, let's let our life look like spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you will call me. God is trying to send you out into the world so that he can save somebody this week. But you ain't listening. You're more concerned about talking about that next juicy piece of gossip as soon as you sit down at Lumpkins. If you still, if you still go to Lumpkins, because I had, man, I had some sweatshop eggs there last week. Terrible, man, I'm telling you. You want to talk about, oh, so and did you see what so and so? Did you see where so? Did you see who so and so? Did you see this? And God's trying to talk to you. The Spirit's trying to lead you, and he's trying to lead you away from disaster and into deliverance. But I'll tell you, like one of the boys that when I did a FUMA summer school, and one of the guys was talking to me, and he said, but you ain't trying to hear me, though. I'm like, what did you say? What? You ain't trying to hear me, though. I said, I am trying to hear you, but you, what you're saying, it does, it's English, but it doesn't make no sense, man. Some of us are here, but we're not trying to hear God. We don't, we're not interested. All we can think about is what's next. I'm here to tell you right now, it's time to come to the altar and let some things die. It's time to live in a new way of life, a life of righteousness led by the Spirit. And as the, as the worship team comes, come on, loved by the Father. I'm here to remind somebody this morning that your Father loves you. Your heavenly father loves you. Do you hear me? The father loves you. Paul says, we have not received a spirit of slavery 
We have not received the spirit of slavery. We have received the spirit of adoption. He says we will not fall back into a life of fear. We will live loved. We will live empowered, saved, and surrounded by God. You are loved by the Father. That's why he sent the Son, and that's why he sent the Spirit, so that his love could be poured out into your heart. It was when you called on the name of Jesus, God's Spirit touched your spirit, and we cried out, Abba, Father. And now the Holy Spirit testifies. The Holy Spirit says, you are loved and accepted and adopted by the Father. Man, come on, receive that this morning. You, have made, you may have been rejected by everybody else, but the Father says, I receive you. I welcome you. You're my child, and I love you. The love of God should far outweigh the acceptance, the rejection, or the approval of anybody else on this planet. When are you going to start living like your love? When are you going to start living like God cares about you? Like he knows what you're going through. Like he sees where you are and what, and, and, you, and you're trying to do it and figure it out on your own. Why don't you just come to him and say, Abba, Father, I need you. Receive that this morning. You're a child of the God. You, you, are, you are a child of God and a child of the King. And will we suffer? Yes. Are we suffering, some of us? Yes. This life is hard and this life is unfair, but I'm here to tell you, we may suffer for God, but there is coming a day, I don't know about you, I'm waiting to hear a trumpet sound. There is coming a day when He is going to call me home and then I'm going to get to share in His glory. So I don't care how hard it gets, how bad it gets. I don't care what tongue is wagging and what morons walking the wrong way. I'm living for the King because He loves me. Because he loves you. And he's calling you to himself. He's calling you to relationship. He's calling you to, to come and to listen and to heed and to read and to learn and study and to grow. Are you going to answer that call this morning? Are you going to heed that call this morning? You followed him in here. Are you going to follow him when you go out of here? See, those are things only you can answer. And that's what this next part of the service is for. This next part of the service is for you. The altar is here. The altar is open. The invitation is a time where we come and we say, Lord, we're going to kill it. He, he says, you have got to kill it. And then you've got to leave it for dead. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. It makes me know that I know that I know. Come on, somebody, that I know I'm saved. And you know why? Because the Holy Spirit confirms it with His presence. Holy Spirit confirms it. And the peace of God rests in my soul. And I know that I have a reservation. I am a co-heir with Christ. I have an inheritance in heaven. And come on, somebody, that's why I'm storing up my treasure in heaven. I ain't storing up no treasure here on earth where moth and rust destroy and where the thieves can break in and steal my Amazon package. Come on, I am storing up treasure in heaven because I know whatever I invest in the kingdom will reap for eternity. And because God loved me and gave himself for me. The only thing we can do this morning is give ourselves back to him. I may suffer down here. I may lose loved ones. I may deal with sickness. I may deal with heartbreak. But I know 
that I know, that I know, that I know I will be glorified with Christ. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. And the Spirit is speaking that to my heart. And the Spirit is speaking it to me in His Word because the Spirit wrote it and the Spirit speaks it and the Spirit reveals it and the living Word is all over it. And I know that I am in heavenly places with Christ and that the Father is dancing and singing over me. I love you! Do you hear your father this morning? I love you. Your earthly father wasn't worth a darn. But your heavenly father says, I love you. Do you know that you have a heavenly father and that he loves you? See, Ezra had a concert Thursday. I'm going to land the plane with this story here. And Ezra's really having a good time at school. He's learning a lot. He's really good friends with the principal because he's in her office every day, almost every day. Rambunctious, stubborn. I mean, he fits right in with the folks. And he wanted me to meet everybody. He wanted me to meet all his friends. He wanted me to meet all his teachers. And this is what I love. I love the way that he introduced me to everyone. This is what he said. This is my daddy, and he loves me. Listen, he would go to his friend. And he'd say, Chloe, this is my daddy, and he loves me. He'd say, Reese, this is my daddy, and he loves me. Miss Gossage, this is my daddy, and he loves me. Every single person. You know why? Because he is now starting to understand he has been adopted. He is my son. He will be my son. He will carry my name for his entire life. And I'm going to make sure that he is set up to thrive and flourish and go out into the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he walks around and he says, this is my daddy, and he loves me. Do you know something this morning? You have a heavenly father, and he loves you. And if you don't know it, get up off of your blessed assurance and come down here and don't leave the altar until you know it. Maybe you're not saved. I'm here to tell you the Father is calling you to salvation today. He's saying come, be forgiven, be cleansed, and be set free and come into the family. Some of us have been saved for a long time. You need to let the Father remind you how much He loves you. And all of us, When we leave here, just like the Holy Spirit is testifying with His Word this morning, we need to go out and testify. We have a Heavenly Father, and He loves us. Amen? Let's stand together and let's sing. If you need to respond to the Word this morning, the altar is open. Let's come and kill it in Jesus' name.